Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Business of Esports podcast, the official podcast of esports. We explore the intersection of business and esports, one of the fastest growing industries in the world and the future of fun. Please welcome your host, Paul, the esports prophet, Dawalibi. The Business of Esports podcast begins now. From the keyboard to the boardroom, this is the Business of Esports podcast. I am Paul Dewalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Jimmy Barada. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome to the official podcast of eSports. What we do here is we cover the most pressing gaming and eSports topics and news of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for all the love, the five-star ratings and reviews. Thank you for telling your friends, your family, your colleagues about the podcast. If you haven't already, go do that. And if you're not following us on all socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere, uh, you should be doing that as well and subscribing to us on all the podcast platforms or whichever one you use, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Jimmy, how are you doing this week? I'm in major trouble, Paul. We got, you know, we're recording on Wednesday. We got Thanksgiving tomorrow. I, it's my favorite holiday. I love eating. <laughs> uh, but I just came back from Chicago where all I did was eat. I'm going to gain 20 pounds this week. It's it's just going to, it's, it's just, I'm accepting it. <laughs> Done you deal. Can't, you can't now though, Jimmy, this is no longer acceptable. You're an on-air personality. You are uh, on-camera talent officially, right? Like the, you, this is not, uh, we, we need to be careful now. Well, most of our audience listens, so I think I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording this uh, the evening before Thanksgiving, uh, so um, 
you know, I uh, apologies, Jimmy, to you for that, who I know you're a big fan of, of this tomorrow. Yeah, you got to give the people what they want. You know, they demand the holiday specials. So here it is. <laughs> I will say uh, for those who, for, you know, fans of Jimmy, uh, fans of the podcast who are fans of Jimmy, this man uh, went on his bachelor party weekend and I can't even remember, was it Saturday or something, was sending me pictures of an esports arena that he went to that he was thinking about we could do content there. Big, big shout out big shout out to adam in mid lane esports in chicago uh we rented out the entire facility for the day i had all my friends you know playing on their ps5s on their xboxes they had a bunch of high-end rigs where we were they even had the new halo uh the halo beta installed on all the rigs so we were able to log in and play you know just current games and everything you can hope for i had a big screen with a, a projector with the football game on uh for some college football adam took great care of us and if you're in the chicago area definitely check out mid lane esports they they were awesome jimmy i love that we've spent together and also you on your own at least a month this year in las vegas but for your bachelor party weekend you chose an esports a land center in chicago i'm not going back to vegas for at least three months like i'm sorry i refuse um look we have we have such an incredible incredible guest uh on this week's podcast and i love i i'm not going to spoil it but i love when we get something that's a little bit different right that's not that's a little bit i'll say off the beaten path you know a big brand in this case that's really into esports really into gaming um, and we have none other today than Brian Waddell, who is the head of influencer gaming and esports for Nestle USA. Brian, welcome to the Business of Esports podcast. Thank you. And uh, Jimmy, sounds like a miracle you survived. I know going through my own bachelor <laughs> weekend, what feels like more than a decade ago, uh, I would not be on camera three days after. So God speed to you, man. It was mostly eating, but, but <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Brian, for for our audience uh, who maybe doesn't know about you or doesn't know what Nestle's doing in the gaming space, would love for you to give them a bit of your background, how you got into gaming, what you're focused on now at Nestle, what Nestle is doing in the space, just some of the Brian and Nestle story. For sure. Um, let's start with me because that's probably the easier piece to digest. So um, currently the head of influencer gaming and esports at Nestle USA, like you said, um, doing a little bit of evolution around what those terms mean, especially for um, most of our brands currently. Um, we're, trying, we're starting to change up that term influencer and expand it to really what it is today and, and the idea around creators uh, and really what the creator economy means more holistically for our brands. And then as we talk about gaming and esports, um, truthfully, it has a lot to do with our brands just deciding to pick a lane, a territory, an interest, something we know that their consumers and audiences are fans of and go all in with, right? Gaming had a natural synergy because of its rise even before the pandemic and then just the acceleration it's had during um, that I get to hang that on my hat uh, a little bit and you know give it out there. And uh, truthfully, I've been told a few times I have one of the cooler titles um, on, on, on LinkedIn is when people find me, but at the same time, it's you know, I, I help people find you know their niche with home cooks, or if you want to go after the Pro Bowling Association and work with our sponsorship team, like we could do that too. So it just you know it's it's the flavor of the day. Um, but I'm uniquely positioned for this one. I think I've had a video game controller in my hand for the better part of 32 years. Uh, remember vividly losing my mind when I got my first Nintendo and playing Duck Hunt with my dad on an old CRTV in our home in Cleveland, Ohio. 
uh, and then unearthing his original Atari that he had kind of put away in safe space when uh, my mother was pregnant with me. And so it was a kind of like a reawakening when he got to bring that thing out when I was about seven years old, worked for about a week and then completely shit the bed. So, um, but I've been, um, my career path has been an interesting one. And I think that's, that's by design. Um, I started out in art school as a kind of lost and wayward child, having gone to college prep school and them tooling in your head, you're going to go to school for business, your business, business. I just wanted to be free, take the suit and tie off and cover myself in tattoos and, and paint and do silk screens and all this wild stuff, um, which took me down the commercial art path for a long time where I was working at trade shows and seeing just the other side of the business, kind of the backbone or the back end. Um, had never heard the term rigor or gaffer before, right? And kind of quickly learned that these guys and women were like the lifeblood of so much of the events industry and got really into event spaces, which had led me down um, a path, which I guess would be best kind of said as experiential retail. So I worked for a theming company out of Columbus, Ohio, where anytime a retail organization was building a flagship store, whether it be Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, or even Dave & Buster's, our team was the team that printed everything, built everything, designed it, worked with the architecture firm to bring their vision to life. And you see all these great tools, these, 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 these massive mills and printers and just fabricators working together to bring a vision. It was incredible. What I started to notice, though, was that the world was moving digital, right? More, more, and more. So come about 2010, 2011, uh, made the jump and went to graduate school at the University of Denver. They had just changed their program from digital media studies into emergent digital practices. And I remember walking in the first day hearing that, and I'm like, I have no idea what that means, right? But to be on the forefront of what was emerging in digital culture and connected to other universities, when, especially when physical computing and haptic feedback and receptive computing started to be on the rise, you start to see this whole kind of path in my head go, holy cow, like I've been aligned to the human experience pretty much since I was a kid, since I wanted to just build restaurants or build entertainment spaces. But what does this mean digitally, right? What, where is the world going? How are, you know, when um, famously Will, Will Smith of then tested, had the picture of him with the VR set on and his mouth wide open. I think now if you Google search VR headset, you see his face like, <laughs> What is that awe, right? What is that thing? Like, how do you how do you chase that? And that's where my career's kind of been ever since then. So for the last ten years, uh, hyper focused on the the bridge between physical and digital. Uh, was fortunate enough to join a startup prior to my time at Nestle and build a professional service company that kind of blended that line between physical engagement, digital engagement, and focusing on it through an experiential lens. Uh, and then just life happens, right? I think I tell so many young professionals like. Be aware of everybody you're around. Always try to present yourself well because you never know what's going to happen. And when friends of mine made me aware that, you know, back home there was a job in Cleveland that was focused on experiential marketing at a major corporation, I thought they were pulling my leg. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was real. Uh, but what it was was a great chance to come into the world's largest food and beverage company uh, and help kind of take what I had on the entrepreneurial hat and bring it to an entrepreneurial exercise. So we kind of grew their experiential capabilities over the last few years. Um, lo and behold, then the pandemic hits, uh, and my job became, how do I get this team to think more digitally focused, right? We have field marketers all over the country. We have brands and businesses all over the country that are now working at home. Um, and just a couple really solid projects led to this door being opened and, and being asked to help this company rethink and re-envision truthfully 
what digital engagement looks like, right? Working hand in hand with our digital center of excellence and our consumer experience center of excellence, even our media teams to make better, stronger decisions for many of our brands as they enter into this digital front that truthfully now is the enabler to our connection to consumers more so than the physical side was for. So that kind of brings the Nestle equation at play, right? For those that don't know, as I kind of mentioned, um, Nestle is the world's largest food and beverage company. They 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 have a major operating company in every continent. Um, I am uniquely positioned at Nestle USA, uh, and underneath me and the teams around me, I have about 33 brands, from the ones you know and love, from Stouffer's, Hot Pockets, all the way to Toll House, Carnation, Libby's, Coffee Mate, Starbucks retail products, you name it, it, it all kind of sits there. Then akin to me, across the country sits Gerber, Purina Dog Food, Nestle Health Sciences, uh, Nestle Canada, right? So it's a, it's a massive network of businesses and marketers that are working together, yet I sit alone with this title, right? So it, it, I have quickly become kind of the connection point or the cog in the wheel that helps accelerate a lot of this great work and even strengthen um, how brands want to explore it um, for their own marketing purposes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game Presents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game Presents. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER okay I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Brian, I, I love the story and I love how you sort of you ended up at Nestle with, with that kind of experience behind you, which is obviously the perfect fit. But could you talk a little bit about like what what the strategy is at Nestle and how or Nestle USA specifically yeah. is looking at the gaming and esports market today? Like what is is it? Is, are they looking at it in the same way they're looking at any other influencer on Instagram for any other brand? Are, is, are there specific brands that they're focused on for that space? Like, how are you building, like, what is the strategy you've built at Nestle USA around sort of what you want to be doing in this space? Yeah, so, um, you know, when I came into the position was not new. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a ground up thing, right? There had been others who had come before me who had done work, whether they had been, through the digital center of excellence where I currently work um, or if it was on one of the brand teams, right? I think there was these little pops and projects. When I had come into the organization about three years ago, one of the big things we heralded from both my experience and then the gentleman who had hired me and the work he had done on the agency side for so many years was getting our brands to better understand who their consumer truthfully was, right? It's not just the person that's the purchaser, but when you think about who consumes the product, what role do they play in the family? What role do they play to the individual? What role do they play generationally? Where is that sweet spot where like your brand can talk about this interest authentically? It'll be received positively by the consumer and nobody's gonna call the BS or feel like you're marketing to them, right? That mode of thinking has embodied a massive shift for our organization, which I know several of the executives and, and you know the men and women that sit above me have talked about of us trying to evolve the company from advertising to engagement, right? One brand in particular in Hot Pockets was trying to figure out their sweet spot. And that's really kind of where the breadth of my work in the gaming space has been done the last 18 months as they have really two unique consumer sets. They have the purchaser who traditionally would be mom or dad, right? The ones that have the share of wallet are making the decisions for the home, but truthfully aren't the ones that are eating the products, right? At the end of the day, it was the teenage male and female, right? Or the young adult male who's actually consuming Hot Pockets. The problem was over the last 20 years, we had built such a big gap and divide by focusing on mom and dad so much to make that purchase that you had generations of teens that just didn't care about our brand anymore. They know who we are, right? We have high awareness and I've never met anybody who doesn't say the Jim Gaffigan hot pockets, right? Whenever I say some of the brands I work on, but they didn't care. There was no love. There was no equity. There was no loyalty. Enter the pandemic. The brand is in a really unique spot and they say, look, we got to fix this, right? We got to look digitally. So one of the first things we did was, get that team to understand that their exercises had to be national, right? They had to be big. You had to go wide. You couldn't be localized. You couldn't be targeted. If you're a brand that's available at Target and Walmart all the way down to mom and pop grocery stores, you have to think about where's the biggest likelihood for you to shoot that buckshot or, or blast that confetti and it hit as many places as possible. Naturally, then we start learning, okay, well, what does today's teen care about, right? I could talk about when I was a teenager 25 years ago, and what I cared about the Hot Pockets brand, when I remember seeing the commercials on Saturday morning cartoons, or even like, uh, I always talk about the throwback 
like hot pocket skateboards that DGK did and seeing Chad Muska carry that thing, like that's burned in my memory, right? It was a brand that I called in my youth. But if I ask my cousins or even some of my older family's children who are now in their young twenties, they have no connection to it. So where's, where's our connection with teens, right? And so we go through this giant study. We try to understand exactly where they're at, but at the same time where we're doing this, all of our competitors are starting to go big, right? You see what Kellogg's is doing with Overwatch and the Overwatch League sponsorship just blows up, right? Totino's and 100 Thieves back in early 2019. Everybody all of a sudden's going, all right, like things are shifting, things are moving. We're going through this study, massive bomb drops amidst the pandemic. BMW shifts all of their marketing spend away from tennis and golf and into racing esports. I remember being on the video call, like seeing it on Sports Business Journal and going, we got to go faster, right? If we don't continue to accelerate, especially for brands that want to be in this space or maybe have a right to, we're going to be significantly left behind. Um, and so from there, we we had a massive collaborative effort to build this strategy up to say, what is the right place for Hot Pockets to go? And beyond a shadow of a doubt, right, from what we had done, from what our consumer market, or consumer market insights team had done, and even what we had gotten from third-party agencies. Gaming was the place when we talk about the teen male and the teen female of where we have the highest likelihood to resonate. Now, with that, we can then look around and say and see what everybody is doing right now. We're summer 2020. Totino's is dialing back with 100 Thieves. You start to see people come in and step into that mode of Rocket Mortgage, Chipotle, Challenger Series blew up last summer. Right. So like there's all these things that are working from a media vehicle which is fine for awareness, but the aha we had internally was we didn't really watch commercials at nausea when we were kids, right? We cared about the content or we cared about the toys or we cared about the games we played. We have to be focused on engagement here and went through um, just a massive query, right? We were like, we're going to talk to everybody. We're going to understand where the industry's at. I want to hear from events. I want to hear from leagues. I want to know what they're doing amidst the pandemic to grow. I want to hear from organizations. We want to hear from top tier talent. What's, what's the best place for us to grow and go ultimately where we want to be and got to a spot where we knew the right organizational fit was going to help us set a foundation. And those types of deals, right? I, I come from sponsorship marketing, whether you're negotiating with, you know, the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, or even the New York Yankees, right? They have corporate partnerships teams. Those, those, those deals take months. We didn't have months, right? We had weeks. So in order to give ourselves a little bit of time, we worked with our influencer agency to develop a program, which was Hot Pockets for Bits. At the end of 2020, what can we do to make a pop in the gaming landscape that'll set us up for what we want to do in 21 and be received authentically? Now, what we had designed, we thought was going to work really well, right? If we're going to create a program where, where anybody can redeem their Hot Pockets purchase and we'll give you Twitch bits, uh, why wouldn't it work, right? We're going to give you digital currency. It's an Apple, you know, we'll give you an Apple for an Apple. Um, it, it, it should work, right? We, we, we thought the demand would be okay. We'll give ourselves about 12 to 16 weeks for this type of program. What we weren't ready for was how the market reacted to it. We sold out of bits in two weeks. Our entire allotment for the program to the point where we were like, uh, we got a problem, right? Like we were using some end of year budget, a few other things, like how are we going to react to this? We were luckily able to double that bank again. Uh, famously, as I've kind of brought this thing on the road and some of the brand team has, there was a, a, a group of savvy Redditors that figured out how to tap into our website source code and, and built a promo site against it and found a soft <laughs> exploit. And we quickly worked with Twitch to bury that exploit. Um <laughs> 
but we now have a 12 week program where we thought we were going to have, you know, upwards of 2 million bits to give away and we're done in six weeks. Right. That's the telltale te story we needed to say, like, look, if you think this brand is primed and ready for this space, here's the receipts, right? Here's the proof. We came in to engage, to entice, to just add value in the, near the Christmas holiday and near the end of the year so that way audiences could engage with their top stream, top tier streamers, give them whatever they want. If it's a smaller creator that maybe wasn't even on our radar, what can we lean into and do there? We're out. We've got nothing, right? So then the executives say, what's next? And that's when we were lined up, right? We announced our sponsorship with NRG, who's been an incredible organization, uh, had some tremendous wins with them early on and kind of really leverage them more as a strategic partner for our business as we think about how we can make most of their competitors, their competitive teams, uh, as well as their higher end, um, you know, reach personas across for titles like Fortnite, Warzone, even Valorant and Apex, um, to just to start to get our name in people's ears a little bit more often, right? It's, it's awesome being on the Twitch carousel, having ad units, doing sponsored streams, but now we actually have individuals like ACU, right? Or, or Lulu or even uh, Clicks himself, right? Saying our brand organically to their audiences of hundreds of thousands and it's resonating, right? So what it shows is, is that um, our hunch was right, right? The organization can see it. We're kind of treating this as a hybrid experience. We're like, yeah, there's some media reach. We're going to get the impressions. We're going to get the audience scale. But then we get moments with like individuals like Joe O. And I don't know if either of you watch Joe O in the Warzone scene. He is the movement king. This dude like makes my head spin, like watching him play. But when our community manager jumps in and starts gifting streams to his audience and he loses his mind and the chat blows up and you see the ratio, you see the the, the net positive um, emotional emojis hit, that's, that's, that's the it factor, right? That's where we know we can kind of lead and do things differently and are going to leverage that program specifically to really kind of not just be a stepping stone for what we want to do next year, but truthfully explosive growth for where we're headed. I, I want to come back to that, Brian, in terms of like the what's next, but I just want to, I want to dig a bit on this, on this sort of the, the success you guys have had so far. And, and I want to start from the beginning, which is, I think it's interesting because and correct me if I'm wrong. What I heard was you guys really started with, here is the audience we know we want to reach, right? It's men, it's males, females, 12 to 20, whatever like that, that target demographic was. Yep. 13 and, to 17, it will be, if you want to be specific, right? It's, okay. it's, 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 it's teenagers, right? How do we get teenagers to care about this brand again? Because then the pull through will be, you know, it could be big brother, right? It could be the 18 to 24 year old market. And we know is they go from 25 to 30, they then transition to purchaser. But if you start there, right, if you can actually get cool with that group, it's, it's, and it's a near impossibility, right? Whether you call them Gen Alpha, Gen Z, depending on who you're talking to, you, you have to show up the right way with them or they could kill your brand. And there's several studies out there right now that anybody can read where it shows what brands are being called out by that group. Yeah, I, I think it's particularly interesting that you started with, here's the target market we want to go after. And the conclusion was gaming, right? Yep. Where, whereas I think we see a lot of brands who are, who... I guess, feel pressure to do the gaming thing, right? Without having thought through, well, is this the audience we actually want to be reaching? Is this the audience yep. that we, you know, we're targeting? Like, I thought it was interesting that, and, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys really started with the target audience first in mind and gaming was the natural conclusion. It could have been some, some other sector, right? You weren't- There was three that we turned down. I mean, the, gaming was the one that rose to the top. Um, sports was a big one. 
especially as you think about how many athletes today have grown up digitally connected. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a great example of this, right? Yep. He, he himself jokes he's a TikTok star that plays football. Um, <laughs> there's, there's so many routes in which we could go. But again, the one that was primed for opportunity and where we knew would hit the hardest was gaming, right? It's, it's easy to kind of – I take that back. It's not that easy. Getting a brand to, truth, to be true about what consumer they want to go after Right, is the hardest part of any marketer's job, especially for scaled brands. Right, that's I mean that's a whole separate basket of conversations, a topic on another live stream that I can talk about that one. But with gamers, when you make that decision, right, and you're that targeted, you can't dip your toe in and kind of test it a little bit and then walk out. Right, organizations, groups that have tried to just feel like, oh, it's the it thing, everything else is down, we got to try it. Those are pops, and they fizzle out and they go away. We needed to build a plan that sustained that momentum and note that the generation, truthfully, if we're thinking 10 years from now, if it shifts, can we react to it? Can we be malleable in our plans and our strategies to have that flexibility, to respond in the moment, be true to our values, but also get them to understand that we are here ultimately to care about the things that they care about? Um, it has to be consumer driven, right? It has to be targeted because if you tried to fit all groups into one box, that ain't it, right? It's not going to work. Yeah. I can't have a grandmother who plays Candy Crush and might play The Sims every once in a while on a legacy console, look at what we're doing with NRG and, be, and feel like that's going to resonate with her, right? Those are two different gaming audiences completely. Um, so that the time it took to set up that understanding is really without that, right? That's like the, the one little pin that kind of holds the house together. If I pull that pin, it all comes apart, right? So that's the, the, what feels like the smallest piece of the most like obvious of the whole thing, right, is truthfully the most important. Yeah, and it definitely stood out. And and there was sort of the, the other piece of it that stood out to me was the way you guys thought about how you go into the space and the partnerships, right? Like we get a lot of, we've had other brands on the podcast. And I think one of the, the things I hear a lot is, and I'm sure this, this happens to Nestle and, and you as well, which is everyone's pitching you, right? Like every esports org on the planet's probably pitching you for a sponsorship <laughs> or this or that, right? Like the, the brands are the yeah. source of dollars in the space today for the most part. Yeah. And especially a, a massive brand like Nestle is going to be, you know, on everyone's radar. Yeah. So like, you're not wrong, Paul, right? I've had, but you guys, it felt like you, you made the, you chose the partner you wanted, right? It wasn't just like there was all this incoming, and uh, like it sounded like there was real sort of thought process behind the partner yes. you chose and why, which yeah, I think is interesting. And I don't know if you can talk to that. Sure. So that's it's a part of the work that we do internally, which is vastly different, right? Because myself coming from the side of the world that activated sponsorships um, and then, you know, the team we have internally who truthfully worked at agencies like Red Pig and Lead Dog for years would design those programs and then sell brands on them. We wanted to bring that in house, right? If you can be more proactive to the areas and territories you want to go to, and we can be smart with the consumer alignment on the upfront, it's going to work naturally. Um, famously, this was like two years ago. We 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 were setting up a deal between Stouffer's and Minor League Baseball, the league, before they had been purchased by MLB. When we brought MILB in to for the pitch meeting or to solicit us, they didn't know that we had already done six months of work to vet them as a potential fit. And to this day, a good friend of mine. Um, I won't name him here because I don't want to embarrass him or anything, but he walked out of that room saying to his boss, he's like, I think we got it. And the <laughs> boss was like, no, 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 no. Like we got months. We got so much time to go. I texted him immediately after the meeting. I was like, I need a contract in a week. 
right? Yeah. Like, because we already had sold the brand on that stuff. It was the same thing here. We showed them, look, you, you can go the org route. You can go the developer route. We can go with a publisher. We can go with individuals. We can go with leagues. We can go with it through the media lens. What's going to get you the most weight against the spend and truthfully the ability for us to enact against that? That's, I mean, that's it. Like there's, there's 300 solicitations in my inbox a month on why I should choose that org or that individual or this talent agency because they think they would be a great fit. Yep. Truthfully, truthfully, of all the orgs we talked to, I had two that listened to me, that listened to the brand team, that listened to my counterpart in social media and came back with a plan that actually articulated against that. That's the synthesis of them going, all right, like they're going to put the work in to understand, right? Now I have NRG who thinks through our brand lens. I have an incredible agency who's taken my initial strategy, right? Synthesized it and breathe it themselves. That's one of the hardest things in the world to do, right? Is get the client to influence the partners versus the partners influencing the client. And, and that's how we strum up and continue this magic, right? Gaming is just one set. That's why I said, there's when you're talking 30 brands, I can't take every brand into gaming. It has to be the right ones that have the right to play that'll have that natural fit. Luckily, pan foods are synonymous with gaming and snacking and those types of things, so it works. There's other brands that want to push into those realms and figure that out, but we have there's a there's a tail they have to lead to. They have to start to seed into the industry to gain a little bit of credibility, to have the right to stand up or, or crawl before they walk. Then we'll take them to new heights. It's just with this brand, they were just walking in the wrong path. We had to build them up so they could act truthfully sprint to get to where everybody else already was. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, I, I love it. Look, I, I I have a similar story to you. Like Hot Pockets meant to meant something to me as a, you know, as a kid, as a teenager. I'm I'm older than both of you, uh, and I think uh, it's one of those things where it's it's great to see the brand back, at least from my perspective, right? Like uh, building that 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 relevance again with with the audience that that it matters to. Jimmy, sorry, I, I cut yeah, you off before. Go ahead. No, no, you didn't. Um, you know, Brian, because we've been speaking a lot about Hot Pockets and you mentioned yourself kind of as the conduit that a lot of Nestle brands go through for these types of activations. I just was curious, especially, you know, for our listeners, is this the type of strategy, the type of thinking and philosophy that all of these other brands are applying and looking at gaming through a similar lens? Or was Hot Pockets really that here's going to be our first attempt here? And with that success, now we can replicate it across anything under the Nestle umbrella. A little bit of the latter, but not as easy, right? So, and don't get me wrong, right? Gaming and entertainment, gaming is bigger than entertainment. Whether or not people realize that, most people that watch movies and sports have a high likelihood to play games, but not everybody that plays games has a likelihood to watch movies or sports, right? So the, the, the paradigm has shifted. And when you're talking about an ocean, right, truthfully, of consumers, you can't have just one thing you go out to the, to the ocean with to fish and expect to catch every fish possible, right? That's why there's small rods, big rods, netting, whale hunters, like you name it. Like you have to know where to go for, for everybody. Not every food brand right? In the frozen aisle, like Hot Pockets is different than frozen pizza. Coffee creamer is different than Hot Pockets, right? There's specific design targets that a lot of these products have. And it's not just us. It's, it's, it's every major CPG company. We know kind of how things are built out and where they go. The, the, the work that we did in Hot Pockets had to be replicable to a degree, right? So that means if the framework is right, if the skeletal of the strategy is resound and it maps back to kind of how we look at our businesses or how some of the agencies then build plans against these things, then we can leave the flesh with each team and always take that skeletal system with us to then be the start for foundationally where we wanna go in some other territories, right? We got a brand right now that, that's gonna go deeper in sports than they ever have before. The vast majority of their strategy, if you take all the bells and whistles off the presentation and you look at the flow and you look at the systems is exactly how we built that last one for Hot Pockets, right? So what there is, is that kind of that silver dart or that knife to get everybody thinking the same way so we can cut through all the BS that so many brands are solicited, right? In esports, I can have everybody calling me, well, my partners in digital have every CRM agency or every, you know, website and design consultancy hitting them up too, right? We have to get these brands to think through the clutter and not be distracted by what they're pitched and instead think about ultimately where they need to go. So I have some follow-ups on that. I mean, you know, when you're working with a potential partner, what would be the first two or three things that you look to identify that they have as, as a potential fit, um, you know, that you're going to apply that skeletal system towards? Yeah. Um, The, the Hot Pockets one was interesting because in the first conversation, like shortly after the meet and greet, the next call we scheduled after the NDA was in place was me spending 60 minutes educating the organizations, right? 
famously with Xset and Marco. Like I took him through that and we talked about it. And like, there was a lot of things where like got him thinking same thing with phase, same thing with everybody else, right? We had to present them with our lens first and foremost, because we have the resources to then understand when we could, when we see proposals back from you, did you get it? Did you ask us the right questions in the weeks leading up to those moments to truthfully understand what is the unique opportunity you have to help us with this problem so we can engineer a solution together? That then becomes the makeup for a lot of really kind of more, some of the more interest-based work that we might do, whether that be in sports, music, you name it, um, and making sure as we unify across these teams, we all sing that strategy or that approach right in concert with one another. So, so I, I want to flip this now because those were great examples with Exit and Phase in particular. You know, we have a lot of listeners, right, that are not just from teams, but from small businesses, streamers, agencies that would love to obtain a sponsorship, not just with you, but with, you know, in general, right, their first sponsorship or their hundredth. Um, flipping, you know, the flipping that kind of thought process or that question, what kind of advice can you give to to that listener, to that person going into a meeting with a brand like yours that can, uh, you know, have them, I don't know, you know, is it a, you have it or you don't, or they, do they have to be good listeners? What are those things I, I suppose that you can identify in, in yeah. the, those clients, those skill sets, those traits that they need? So just like Paul brought up, like the exercise we did was hyper-targeted for our consumer, right? For the Hot mm -hmm. Pockets brand. Often when we're solicited, people get blinded by the name or they get excited and go, well, they're active in that space. They must do that. They don't think about the end case of how we would actually use their organization, the, affi the affinity to it or the assets to make our business run or work, right? At a scaled corporate entity, hitting somebody at home office is actually the hardest way to make it an impact in Houston, Orlando, right? These things. That's why, like, for, especially for many of our beverage brands and waters, we have field marketing teams that that permeate the market just as the same way you see a Red Bull truck or, you know, the Red Bull can driving around for the last 20 years. In markets like LA, you see a sneaker shop van that's completely kitted out in Nesquik. They jump out, our field marketing comes, they do hand over fist sampling. Like there's different layers that you have to think about the objective of the business. And and it, it is tough in my chair sometimes because you see the effort that's maybe put into the first email, the pitch, the cold outreach, and I can look at it in face value and go, that's just not going to work for us, right? It's not big enough. I'm not the person that truthfully needs something local in Houston or I need something in St. Paul, like that's better suited for maybe our, our field sales teams or even with, maybe with one of our key customers, like a Kroger, a Walmart, somebody who's trying to think at those divisions. And there's been some pretty earnest conversations and it's not just this, right? There's several NFL teams I still talk to just based on relationship because they see the spaces evolving, right? They're doing great things to try to digitize their game, but they're still landlocked properties at the end of the day, right? There's there's hard boundaries in which, you know, the Chicago Bears can't go past a certain threshold becomes it, because it becomes Detroit Lions territory. Then the Lions can only come so far because it's the Browns, right? There's 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 so many things at play that the, the biggest piece of advice I can give to everybody out there is be, be clear about what you're asking for and who you're asking of that. Because sometimes some local organizations may not realize there's local partners that they could potentially have in the market that are looking for their key fit. Um, I have a buddy that sells sponsorships for the esports leagues in the Mac. And the conversations I have with him are never about a Nestle brand truthfully wanting to roll into sponsorship one of those programs, but how he needs to think about it differently or uniquely when you're talking about schools like Miami of Ohio, Kent State University, Marshall, right? Um, 
Central Michigan University, they all have small market problems or small market solutions that other small market businesses truthfully need to kind of latch onto to make most of that. It's really hard for me to take the, the thundering herd right at a, at a national level and expect every Hot Pockets consumer to understand that. So I have to kind of, you have to think about that throttling and gating, which I don't think has fully come through the industry yet. I think it's still gonna be one of those lagging indicators as we see things continue to evolve there's going to be breakout sponsorships that happen at a local level. There's going to be breakout programs that happen at a regional level. And there's still going to be the stuff that happens nationally. You might see less of the national stuff, more of the regional stuff, especially with so many esports leagues continuing to pop up from high school all the way to, to semi-pro. I mean, Brian, is the implication of that that you guys have obviously a pretty high bar when you're looking at anything that's inbound? Like it no. needs to have a national or global impact even? Or? It's the fit. It's the consumer fit. If 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 you know kind of where our brands are positioned or who they're targeted against and you have a unique way in, we're going to listen, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm more likely to take a first phone call. If you talk about our brands, consumer or our brands, product users versus the property, right? Or the thing you're trying to pitch me on, show me that you understand kind of them first and foremost, because at the end of the day, that's how I look at 99.9% .9 of our activations, especially even through the influencers and the creators now, we are trying to build a tapestry where consumers identify themselves in the content they see, right? I don't want sponsored posts and ads. I think there's there's a spot we had on TikTok with with ACU that that NRG produced for us that crushed it, right? It did an amazing job and paid it organically. When Ace served it out, his audience ate it up because it felt like it brought him up a level, but for us didn't feel like a commercial. Then vice versa, when we can work with other other individuals you just start to breathe through their organic and their natural lens. Like that's, that's where all of this stuff is headed. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily about the scale, right? Because I have global properties that come to me and they're like, Hey, we want to talk to you about the U S right. League of legends is a, is a famous one. Like that's a global game. It's a really hard one in the U S to identify a consumer against, unless you're talking about two specific cities, right. And, and a demographic in particular that really resonates highly with that game. So if you come at me with the property, and not the consumer, the demographic, and the why. I, I can't say yes to it, right? Because it's too big and doesn't naturally fit, right? So it, it's it's a little bit of chess and checkers simultaneously. But again, I think that that understanding of what you deliver for the individual at the end of the day is what matters most for me and hopefully for a lot of people who sit akin to me at other organizations. Brian, can we talk about vertical integration? Because I, I always think, especially with the Hot Pockets example, it gets me thinking about how siloed versus not siloed an organization like like Nestle is in the sense that, and maybe you have some insight did you see the on red, that. Did you see the red tape follow me when I came to sit down? Like, is, <laughs> yeah. is that what this is? No, but, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of, of Hot Pockets as a product, but I also think for a gamer, right, there's an opportunity to package it in a certain way where, you know, maybe my hands don't get, don't touch the actual hot pocket or something. Right. So I don't get any, any, uh, any residue on my keyboard or anything like I'm curious, is there a feedback loop within Nestle that's thinking about, you know, going from, you know, Hey, we want to reach this audience. We have a product for them. We know how to engage them to, Hey, maybe now we need to build something very specific, right? A new product or an offshoot or something. Yep for that audience? And is there a world where gamers become a significant enough audience for you guys that there's specific products for them? They already are. Like that, that, that's the truth. They already are that significant audience. 
that what, what you're talking about is a feedback loop, right? Yeah. For us to truthfully understand from the consumer, the nuances, what they like, what they dislike, what we should be developing, how our research and development teams should be thinking about or positioning anything we do. That's the magic. When you stop advertising to people and you start engaging with them, they're going to naturally give you those things right off the rip, right? Paul, you talk about, oh, well, your hand gets greasy when you eat it, right? Yeah. I have a streamer with with 2,000 followers who he says, hey, we're going to give away some stuff for Hot Pockets today. And he's like, no cap, that sleeve that keeps my hands dry, like ratio. Like, I can't pay for that. Like, when that yeah. happens and when the marketing team was there, I was like, that shows you the key differentiator you have against other frozen snacks. This thing that's like this, the susceptor, right? The thing that heats the product in the microwave is also what keeps grease off their fingers so they can click the mouse faster. It doesn't get shit all over their keyboard. Like, yep. so that type of feedback, a hundred percent, right? We're captured to get all of that. It's when I talk about even in Twitch and making sure we can understand sentiment analysis, right? If our brand is spoken of, often it's not because they type it. It's because at this, this keystone in the stream, you know, whether it be, one hour, 22 minutes and 36 seconds, X individual said Hot Pockets, we, we can look at the emojis for the next five minutes and understand, is it net positive or is it net negative? If it's net negative, well, let's lean into this individual's audience a little bit more. Let's understand what that is. Hey, let's try to get our social media team in here a little bit more to try to engage with this audience, gift subs, do some giveaways, whatever it is. Engagement, all it means is that the organization is actually starting to listen, right? And any brand can do it. It's it's not just ours and CPG. It can be automotive brands, sports brands, nonprofits. There's there's several individuals as I've kind of talked the circuit this year who have said, look, I, I work for a nonprofit. I know gamers should care about what I'm doing. I just don't know how to go about it. Engagement is often that starting point because when you're truthfully going towards them for who they are, how could you not listen, right? How could you not be receptive to the things they're telling you? Up until five, six years ago, there weren't automated systems in place to catch that information or for us to analyze it. Now that they are and the just the, the the strength and understanding of that data, truthfully, is 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 gonna change our businesses dramatically. Like I'm I'm as close to the marketing team as I am to our analysts. Like our analytics team that's on these programs are popping me insights left and right. And they're like, hey, there was a thing that they caught where like they're like, look, the YouTube likes are going to fatigue. Like we're starting to see some things. If we continue on this trend thematically, we got to stop. That's a hard conversation to have with a partner for us to bring that up, right? Yep. We make that change. Now all of a sudden we have a video drop this week with clicks on a lie detector and it's got half a million views in less than 24 hours, right? <laughs> and it's one of the highest viewed videos on their on their Fortnite channel in the last two months. Like that's all fueled by data, earnesty and conversation and engagement and us trying to understand how is NRG fam truthfully being receptive to some of the things that we are showing with them or the the tropes or the videos that we're creating? It's the same thing on the product side. So I would say 100% yes, and we're not the only ones. The data we get from everybody is not just transactional, just purchase, right? It's in these moments, in these, in these arenas where we can hear this stuff, listen to it and try to make it better. So at the end of the day, we're delivering a better product for them that might taste better, be less greasy and has them actually, you know what, I can eat one and then I'm good to play for two hours. Like that's a huge yep. win. So then beyond that, it allows me to do the stuff that takes us further, right? The on-pack partnerships with Halo and trying to see what, what can we give away that's different than everybody else. Like, yeah, 2XP is great. But when the game drop drops, like officially, and everybody sees their challenges and they want to fill up their card and they can't hit that one, let's swap that out. Let's give them a free swap. Let's give let's make sure they have a ton of experience points, a ton of challenge swaps. Let's keep them playing and thinking about us and then come back after that even with more content, more experiences, all that stuff.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I love that one of the implications of of what you just said, Brian, is that it feels like there's no straight path to success in any of these kinds of activations, in any of these sort of campaigns, programs, whatever you want to call them, right? That you guys are constantly adjusting, right? Looking at data, changing things, seeing what works, seeing what's not. It's it's not like chiseled in stone and then the team goes out and executes. It can't be. Um Often I will say that, that consumers move at the speed of culture. It just so happens right now, culture is inherently digital. So that means things are instantaneous. It's why my kids scream the moment the Wi-Fi goes down and all of our smart TVs stop working. And I got to figure out how to get a DVD in the box, right? To, so that way they can keep watching their show for that 30 minutes of, of screen time we've allowed them to have. It's the same thing, right? It's, it's why you've seen such rapid growth of companies like Instacart and what DoorDash is doing with Dashmart and Uber Eats Grocery. Consumers don't want to go to the grocery store. They want it brought to them. They want these products directly at their doorstep. It, it, it's, it's the exact same thing here. So that that agility in truthfully being malleable is what's so important. But that's why like even the best athletes in the world who do things that blow our minds, they're still built on the same skeletal system as the three of us on this call, right? So it's always about, at least over the last few years, making sure these types of programs have the best bones possible. 
because then from there, right, it's all a training exercise. It's us being earnest and honest with one another, whether it's our own teams, our partners, like I said, about what's going to work for the consumer. Uh, Brian, I thought I heard you say there that we are going to see a Hot Pockets direct to gamers kind of service, right, delivered to our door when uh, we need it in the middle well, of a long are, gaming session. You, you <laughs> kind of already have that. Um, <laughs> if you don't have uh, GoPuff, Dashmart, or that's true, Green that's available true. to you in your market, um, what we're trying to figure out is how we get that 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 front share of mind. And so uh, there may be some things deploying in December with a couple of our streamers to test that. Cool. Um, cool. Because you know we want that to happen, and um, you know it's every facet of the business, right? What's the tension? Where is the solve? Like, how how do we kind of get in there? If if we're if we're competing for fourth meal as a snacking brand, we have to think about that, right? There's many who will eat 10, 11, 12 after a long shift. It's why we've seen our product lines change, right? You see, not hot pack, hot pockets just aren't sold in two pack anymore, right? They're sold in singles, twos, fives, twelves, and fifteens, depending on how many your family goes through, or how many you as an individual go through. We now have big and bold, where the sandwich is twice the size. Because for some, one wasn't enough, but two was 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 too much. Well, now we have one that's the perfect size, and it uses some more forward flavors. This all comes from the consumer, but very much so. If we're talking 2030, right? End of the day, there better be a drone deliver and oven bake <laughs> right to you Hot Pockets at the moment you want it from your local neighborhood commissary, and, and there it is. Uh, Brian, I just wanted to ask on the influencer front. It's a conversation we've had on the podcast, you know, Jimmy and I, and, and on our live stream a few times where um, there's a debate around which are the influencers that are most effective, arguably for a kind of a mainstream kind of product like Hot Pockets, right? Do you go with the family-friendly, you know, Pokimane Ninja, right? The kind of the, the more, the more uh, family-friendly streamers and influencers, or... Or does edgy work better, right? Are you are you going after the XQCs and the, uh, you know, Jimmy? Also I'm size though. Here. No, no, but also size, size though, right? Because yeah, you're mentioning it. these massive ones, and we also talk a lot about micro Big influencers and everything in between. Yeah. 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 So how, that's, how do you how do you guys think about? Sorry, Brian, just to frame the question better. How yeah. do you think about the characteristics mm-hmm. of the influencers that you guys pick um, as part of these programs? The brand's personality is always going to be the north star. Right. If we if if we say we're like the playful disruptor, right, or the um, mischievous overperformer, right? There's all these like marketing speaks that we do, but they're all built on they're built on an, an archetype or a mindset, right? It's it's why you see so many disruptive uh, CPG food brands talk about um, the next big avant-garde tattooed chef out of New York or LA. Well, that's us. That's who we want to be. Do you, do you really know who that person is? Do you understand them true and through, right? Because when we talk about our brand's personalities, they're living and breathing entities, right? From there, it, it, I might make some people upset, but I'm sorry. It, it's not about their scale. It's about who they are in the fit, right? When we launched Hot Pockets for Bits, there were three big names we were looking at. We decided on Shroud because of how Shroud is and who he was. He felt like he was our consumer, Yep. The content he made for us was so genuine, right? It was responsive. It wasn't scripted. The, the discourse he had and how he talked to his stream about it, nothing was forced, right? It was all very much there. Now, there's brands that are going to work with Tim and, uh, you know, they'll work with Ninja. They'll work with Nick. They'll, they'll work with Pokimane. We've worked with Pokimane in the past, right? It's You can look at our history. We, we, we've had interactions there. At the end of the day, it's about that authentic lanes or vein 
and how we show up that matters. And that's why, like, truthfully, the hardest part of my job right now is erasing the term influencer, not only from my own title, but our organization's vernacular, right? It is about creators and those that create with agency, with those that we can prop up and brief the same way we would an agency for a deliverable or how they should do their stream or when they show up in person, the way that they should bring our brand to life and give them that trust, right? Let them go and let them exploit it, experience it, make it your own, make it unique, bring our brand to life because what we've been doing, spoiler alert, doesn't work most of the time. It has scale, right? It has efficiency. It's not necessarily effective. I need authenticity. I need effectiveness. Many of our programs right now, of our creative programs, we're choosing individuals who are maybe stepping into the limelight for the first time, right? Especially when you talk about um, a diverse creator base and just them not getting the the light or the look that they should. It, 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 it's on organizations like ours to kind of take the impressions and the audience size away from that and know that our scale through paid media, right? And how we can place these assets or how we can lift them will get them the visibility and the requirement we need from an advertising lens. But if they as a creator can make magic, can make a TikTok or a video that just looks so unbelievable, right? And just feels like us, you have to run to that. Like that's the fire we chase, not the one that we run from. Um, so it's, it's probably why I have more gray hairs than ever because it's a hard thing for people to understand, but it's something that I just, I'm not going to give up on. Like it's the hill I'm going to die on. It's brilliant. It's, it's truly magic. Like I, I wish more brands thought the way you do, Brian, because you're so right, right? Especially at the scale of a Nestle, you guys can buy all the paid media in the world, right? It's, it's what's the content that's being produced. Yep. What, what is it that people are going to watch and react to and respond to and internalize that really is the, is the, the core of it, right? The core of the problem you're trying to solve. Um, you know, paying for eyeballs, anyone can do that. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it, that's a whole other conversation. What kills me is like when we spend the time, the agency or the brand is like, hey, this is the person we want to use. They get their heart set. We lock in the contract. We ship the product and we get an email. Hey, I can't, I can't eat this or this doesn't taste good, or you know what, I'm not into this flavor profile, can I try something else? Ah, but the comms team or the product team needed to promote this. Now you're in a, now you're in hell. <laughs> like yeah. you're yeah. brand marketer hell. And it, it happens with computer peripherals, it happens with beverages, it happens with everybody. Yeah. It's why like me getting out on the front of things now and my team saying like, look, before we even say yes to anybody, let's pick our roster, let's talk about it and let's ship them a ton of product. The next call I wanna hear their feedback. I want to hear, did they like it? Did they not like it? I didn't realize you guys were making this. Yo, the, the breakfast one with that croissant crust, that's a banger. Like I got to have nothing but that. It's why Lulu is stocked 99% of the time with breakfast hot pockets. That's what she likes. Let's yep. hook her up. Like, let's make sure she's getting what she wants. It seems like such a like, like duh thing. Like, why does, yeah. and, but nobody <laughs> thinks to do it. Yeah. And truthfully, that's, that's your key step in alignment there. They might be scaled personas or they might be just getting started. They're still consumers, just like I am, right? There's things about our products I like. There's things that I don't like. I, I'm the first one in product calls to tell the product team, I don't like what you did with the sauce. Or like, why did why did the bottle change? Like, help me understand this stuff. Um, we, it, it's all the same lens, right? And so when you can get people that are excited about you and the product, it's, it's where the magic's at. Brian, can you tease, and I want to kind of, uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you had any questions because I want to wrap up on this last question. Do you have anything you wanted to sneak in here? 
just just thanks for ruining my thanksgiving i all i want to eat are hot pockets right now so tomorrow's meal is just out the window Sorry, man. that garlic that garlic buttery crust you know and look you're getting a little bit older now jimmy you, you can take time to make a meal i strongly suggest you make one in the oven if you haven't before it's a game changer it's a game changer man I, I don't know brian i'm famous for my hot takes we may need hot takes you know uh brought to you by hot pockets oh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um no no i'm what the last question i had for you brian is what does the future look like for you like what are the some of the big trends what are some of the things you guys are looking to do next like i don't know how much you can talk to or tease or anything like that but you know there's there's been such amazing insight from what you've done before uh, I know our audience would love, you know, a bit of a tease in terms of what's coming next. Yeah. So there's a ton happening. And I think like selfishly as a marketer and just at Nestle, I can't wait for our experiential team to get back out there and for you to see our brands, right. Whether it be at E3 or BlizzCon or even just in your neighborhood. Right. I think getting back to the people and making those connections are just so important and what's been missing the last few years. Um, with Hot Pockets in particular, though, they're not slowing down. And that's the most exciting thing. You know, I don't know if it was to anyone's fault, but often you see in some of these programs, a brand will get the lion's share of the cut for a year and then they disappear, right? It's It, it happens. Investments are made. Decisions are made. Having that consumer-centric lens on this thing and, and truthfully being pointed at that is what is allowing us to truthfully go from what was a massive audience in terms of esports and how we were going to approach Fortnite and Rocket League and all these things with the six-time world champions, that's only this much. We're going like this, right? We are fully widening that funnel to the point where now it's no longer a conversation about purchaser and eater. But if gaming is a connective tissue that actually rode, rides through the home or through families or through friends, mom and dad likely had controllers, right? It, I'm, I love that I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old but she's bugging me every day to play Minecraft. I'm not the it teenager anymore, right? I'm the adult yep. making the decisions and gaming is a huge part of my life. Now that the that the, te- the organization is truthfully starting to understand that, I think some of the stuff you're going to see from Hot Pockets in particular next year and into, into 2023, most people are going to go, God, that's, that, that's, that's, that's them, right? It just, it just makes sense for what we're doing. There's other stuff that we have planned that nobody else is doing. And when it hits, it, some might be challenging, you know, like, how they how they figure that out? How they get the money for that? And it, again, it's because we know it's not necessarily about us at the end of the day, but finding the stuff that matters to gamers and elevating them and giving them more of what they want. I mean, it almost sounds like gaming becomes part of the brand's DNA, fundamentally. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's t- t- taking would, it too far. You're not taking it too far. And there's people that tell me every day it's been there from the beginning. I mean, thank you, Eric Cartman, for that episode in South Park season two, right? Like. <laughs> There's people that cannot not think about Hot Pockets and gaming. The problem was, is that we as a brand, right, got lost. We forgot the passion that mattered to the eater. Now that we found that magic again and and truthfully making it a part of our DNA, that's how you build these generational connections. That's how you take this thing to new heights and experiences and learn things about the product use and, and the family and the home or the individual that we couldn't get otherwise. And so it's, I think... Again, continuing to champion that engagement, really broadening the funnel of gaming and esports in terms of how we activate, where we show up, when we show up, and what we do uh, is going to be truthfully unparalleled. We don't want to just be a food brand in gaming. We are going to be the food brand in gaming, and that's that's the goal. Brian, I love it. This was by far one of my favorite episodes. There was just 
I hope everyone listens to this. There was so much to learn, so much to unpack. And I famously we probably could have done fast and broached <laughs> it out there. So uh, don't at me at Twitter. It's a toxic platform. I'm only there to get stock tips and, and see what the next big meme stock is. LinkedIn's the sweet spot. Um, and if you're fortunate enough to get on my Instagram, you're just going to see my kids. So there, I was gonna, I was going to ask you where can people follow you or what you know anything you want to sort of. Uh, let our audience know to follow. Or I'm check really out. uncomfortable on this side of the screen, so I don't have a Twitch channel I'm going to plug or you know SoundCloud <laughs> that that you guys need to hit. Just uh, if you haven't had a hot pocket in a while, do me a favor, go out and get one. If if you can, I just ask one favor before I let you go here, which is um, as a as a as a Canadian, I'm, I'm originally from Canada. Uh, can we bring Smarties to the U.S.? I think the the American public is ready for Smarties. Uh, they don't know what they're missing. This is truly one of Nestle's great products. So uh, we need to make it happen. This is, this is, this is I'm going to probably blow your mind here a little bit. Um, our candy brands in the U.S. aren't Nestle anymore. So there's, okay. it's, it's publicly known. I mean, there, it's, it's all Ferrera. Um, it took me a year to get my parents to stop thinking I was going to work on the Nestle Crunch Bar. And when I told them <laughs> it was Stouffer's Mac and Cheese and DiGiorno Pizza, they had a really hard time getting there. Um but I don't know if we want the Smarties secret out there, Paul. My wife uh, spent many a summers in Toronto as a child. And anytime I go up there, I, I may have smuggled some candy back. Yeah. Uh, that, they're not ready for it yet. That, that, that's <laughs> that's going to be our thing. Where we, we, Once we know where to get it, right, that's our plug. That's our hookup. That's where, that's where we just keep going to get it. So I will have to continue smuggling it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much. Uh, you're amazing. Thank you for being on the podcast. Jimmy, thank you as always. For our listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Make sure to follow us everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Business of Esports everywhere. Everywhere you get our content. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Leave a review. Whether you love the show or hate the show, um, always appreciate your feedback. And as always, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Business of Esports podcast. Check us out at thebusinessofesports.com and on Twitter at bizesports. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.